Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson. And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me is my co-host, Eric, the Encyclopedia Foster. Good morning, Rip City. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we are recording a special morning edition of the Busted Bucket Podcast. Now, Eric, because it's so early, because it's my son's second birthday, I want to keep this Happy short. Happy birthday! Thanks. Wait, well, he says thanks. Did we say their names? Do we say their names? Probably don't. Yeah, do I don't care. Asher. My son's name is Asher. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Big Asher. Yeah, man. Winning. <laughs> anyway. I, hope you got him a, I got him a power wheel. Oh, man. We were thinking about it. I think we actually got our daughter a power wheel for her second birthday. Um, Now, he's got some other stuff coming. He's got some other stuff. Is it stuff. Blazers gear? If you gave him anything busted bucket, you're get fired <laughs> no he's already on you're a busted bucket dad. shirt you're putting him on the swag I, I put him on the merch man what are you talking about <laughs> he already has a shirt with himself on it <laughs> talk about swag that's swag right there anyway, that's true anyway man I'm gonna keep it a little short today just because I need to spend some time with my son but I got I got some questions for you, man. We we had a few questions roll in over the week from from our listeners, and I kind of promised that I'd put them on here. So, without further ado, I actually want to start because our last show we had Keith from the Trailcasters on, and I asked him what moment made him a fan, and I honestly I don't think I ever asked you. Now, Eric, I've well, known you a long time. Did. I've known you a long time, and I know you have a ton of Blazer memories. But the story's epic. Well, let's hear it. It's epic. Um, so my birthday is on uh, April Fool's Day. So you never forget that date. So I'll never forget no the wonder you're very such a first fool. time. <laughs> big time made, built that way. There, there's a thing with my uh, middle name, too, I'd have to tell you, but uh, that's for a, another cast. Um <laughs> But check it out. Listen, so I, uh, uh, I'm turning five years old. Um, I remember I got the Leonardo Ninja Turtle, uh, and we were having you know birthday cake and ice cream and whatever in my kitchen, and I had never paid attention to sports before, but there was a game on and it was my birthday, and so I walked out to the living room. We had a little like 13 inch TV, a little tiny TV. I, I can't remember if it was even color. It could have been black and white. Um, it's turning five and the Portland Trailblazers are playing none other than Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. So the very first, that's your first game, game? The, the very first basketball game I ever paid attention to was April 1st, 1988 Jordan versus, uh, the Blazers. And we were at the time, I think we were in. We were somewhere else. We weren't. We weren't in Portland. We could have still been in Tennessee or Kentucky. I think one of those places. Because I was a I was an army kid uh, when I was young. I actually um, didn't so know that about Portland. you. You learn something new yeah. every day. Look at that. Yeah. So I'm watching that game somewhere in 
and, and and that's the game. So, and it wasn't even a Blazer game. That was the beauty of it. I, it was we were watching some nationally telecast Bulls game or regionally telecast Bulls game. Uh, not even a Blazer game. Just having you playing Portland. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, that was crazy. That was my first, my very first basketball game. Watching that on my birthday. Uh, Not even in Portland. You're watching the Chicago Bulls take on the Portland Trailblazers, and back then, I mean, this is a long time ago. Encyclopedia. Can you tell me the starting five? Uh, for the Blazers, I could. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, yeah, that's because, what I mean. Oh yeah, because back then uh, in '88, it was TP and Drexler in the backcourt. Kersey, uh, I want to say it also could have been Steve Johnson, but I'm pretty sure it was Jerome Kersey. And then back then it was old man, like one of Dwight James' favorite guys, Caldwell Jones. Oh, uh, yeah. He started a power forward. And then, I mean, Duckworth was starting by then. So that was a starting five. But I couldn't tell you other than Mike, who played for um, Chicago. Chicago. Maybe Scotty. I mean, but I don't think Scotty was Scotty in 88. No, wasn't he? I don't recall when he was drafted, actually. It could have been before. It was, uh, he... it was before 88, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, his first year was 87. That was his rookie year. Okay. But he wasn't Scotty. He was coming. I'm sure he was coming off the bench. I mean, Oakley was still there because they didn't have Cartwright. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he played. I can't remember. But Do you remember the uh, outcome? I know the Bulls won. And <laughs> my stepdad's from Chicago, so that was a – and that's the whole reason we were watching the games because somehow he had – I don't even know how you did that in 88. How, how the hell did you watch a game in Chicago in I mean, Kentucky or Tennessee? Maybe that was just one of the games. I mean, I feel like back then, granted, I was a couple years back, younger than you, but back then Chicago was still a team to watch, weren't they? Yeah, Jordan won MVP that year. Well, see that I mean that's it was probably one of those nationally televised games that everybody saw. And the Blazers were still decent back then. Yeah, they were in the midst of their their little playoff run. But yeah, that's the game, man. That's the one where it was like, okay, I like this and then Now, and then, my question you know, to you really though. Put it together though. My question I, I to really you. Together. I I don't understand how you become you're living in Tennessee or wherever you said and you become a Blazer fan by watching the Bulls. Battle of the Blazers with Michael Jordan. Well, Scotty Pippen. Well, this is how it happens, though, right? Because so I come back later that year. So later, uh, when I turned five, I came back. I came back to the United States or the United States. I've lived in Germany too, but that was before <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, that was when I was three. So then I come, I come back to uh, Oregon, and I'm looking around and I'm like, wait a second. I'm talking to my grandma. I remember. I'm like, I know this team or I know these colors and she's like oh yeah those are players I'm like I watch them play and then it was I mean that was it I just you know I that finally it, put huh? two and two together and it was <laughs> like okay well and then I was a Blazer fan forever I mean I was such a Blazer fan that when Buck Williams went to speak at the Billy Graham crusade in 1991 oh. uh, at the Memorial Coliseum like I just wanted to go see Buck Williams so I was going to go listen to four hours of Billy Graham um, just so I could hear Buck Williams speak oh wow <laughs> wow they did have a dunk contest and a three-point contest so they were really they were really fishing for some attendance mm-hmm. naturally i mean that makes sense mm-hmm. but 
Dang, man, that's a. Uh, I'm I, I can barely remember being five years old. That's amazing. Yeah, I do. I have a crazy memory. You sure do, man. Um, yeah, it's just. But what about you? You never told us about you either. Oh man, for me, for me, it's not. It's not really one moment. For me, it's. It was the feeling of walking to the Rose Garden, to the Coliseum. Yeah, I guess it was the Coliseum before the Rose Garden. So, I just remember, I guess the best memories that I have are walking with the crowd down whatever street that is. I can't remember what runs uh, from, like, MLK to where the Coliseum, like the Rose Quarter, you know, whatever that street is. I think it leads... Holiday? Whatever it is, I don't know. I never paid attention. The one that goes across the, like it'll take you across the steel bridge, you know. Like you keep following. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's besides Widler, Broadway, Multnomah. Widler, spit them all out. Maybe Widler. I don't know. Anyway, so we're walking down, and I just I remember like I had a blazer jacket on. What was cool is my dad used to work for uh, GI Joe's back then, and they were a big sponsor of the Blazers, and so. Um, we got, I do, I got all kinds of gear to go to the games. Um, I'd go with my parents and I remember looking around and of course, like being a young kid, like you don't go out at night and this was the one thing that we did in the evenings. And so we would, I just remember walking down the street and looking around me and seeing a sea of red, black, and white. Like it was incredible. And then the atmosphere, once you finally got to the gates, was something I had never experienced in my life, my short life. And so that leads to the next memory that I have is sitting probably somewhere, you know, mid hundred level, if you will. I don't know. I can't. It's been so long. I can't remember the seating in the Coliseum, but there were no bad seats in the Coliseum. And I sat everywhere in the Coliseum. Um, seeing TP Drexler, that whole, that whole early nineties team, um, was special, but the most special part was there was an after game, like a post game meet and greet buffet. And so we got to go, like, I felt like a rock star, man, because not only did I get all you can eat food. And concessions at the game. I got all you can eat food, like a legit buffet dinner, like like, like steak. Home and, no, dude, like like back then the Coliseum would like cater these steaks and shrimp, and it was crazy. It was crazy. Like hometown buffet, but better. And <laughs> and before you say hometown buffet, I just want to point out that before it was hometown buffet, it was old old country buffet. Country buffet. Yeah, man. Shout out to that 82nd Relic. <laughs> 82nd Avenue Relic. Um, but we got to we got to, to eat and chat with the players. The players would come and sit down right next to you. Break some <clears throat> excuse me, break some bread with you. And just chat, man. Like it was the coolest thing as a little kid. Like who who does that happen to? Probably just a select few. And I felt extremely lucky and blessed even back then to be able to 
you know, essentially meet my heroes at the time. I mean, I got to meet Drexler. I took pictures with Drexler and I got, the funny thing is I, I, I'm sure it's still around and I'll have to, I'll have to call my parents to see if I can get some, get them to look through the pictures. But I used to have this old little Ninja Turtles camera, right? And you take a picture and put like, you know, Leonardo or Michelangelo or something in the bottom right corner. And I took a picture of Drexler standing next to my mom. Cause that was, that was my dude back then. Like that was, that was the guy for me back then. And, uh, I took a picture of him and my mom and I was so excited to get the film developed. When we got it, when we finally got it developed, I cut off Drexler's head. <laughs> He's tall. What are you going to do? He's tall. I know, I know, but hey, that's a tall my, dude. But my mother was framed perfectly. <laughs> but anyway, that's just blazers. You don't know who they are, but I'm here. You right? <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, that that's kind of it for me, man. I know it's kind of a long drawn out story with with not a whole lot of meat behind it, but it's just. It's just that the the feel, the the feeling, the the atmosphere, just the the overall vibe for me, and just the fact that I was able to meet my heroes at such an early age. That that was the biggest thing for me. And from then on, man. All right, all right, all right. Well, now you got to tell me then. Oh, go ahead, finish, finish. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say from from then on, it was just it was all Blazers all the time, man. So of all those guys, who was the coolest guy you met? Now you really got got me reaching into the memory banks, but. Duck was really cool. He was super nice. And actually, back then, like, Drexler was really cool. I don't know if it was just because I was in awe that I was meeting Clyde Drexler. But I would say... Clyde was always cool in person. Yeah, like, it's I would say... It's just the way he's handled himself. I honestly do, like, I loved all of them. Like, that, every last one of them were my heroes. Except, now, I, I gained a lot of respect over the years for him. But the only guy that never walked into the into the the buffet area and met with people and, and was chatting with fans the only guy that never did it was cliff robinson rest in peace rest in peace he never came in and i always thought that was weird but i don't know man maybe he just had a hard time being a public and that was figure. another guy I, don't know. I saw him many times out and about uh, I saw him at Salty's one time towards the end of his time. Mm-hmm. Like time with the Blazers, or in fact, time on sort Earth? of one of my sort of one of my buddies too. Yeah, and he, we didn't. I never said anything. I don't know if my friend did when he saw him. Um, but previously, running with the mall, or you see him out at dinner, and I mean, I think I still somewhere in my memorabilia banks have like a cocktail napkin that. <laughs> when I saw him. Yeah. Hey, that's that's what you do when you're not prepared. I got I got uh like notebook paper signed by Drexler and But he was Porter really and... cool. <laughs> so I would say don't let that be uh no. don't let that be your last memory. But he was cool. No, I mean that's I mean that it it is a memory. I'm there is dude, I I am such a fan of Cliff Robinson now. Like even after that, like I just never understood why he never came in and and spoke with people, but you know what? He was probably a busy guy. You know, he's planning for his future. Um, he has some marijuana to grow. That's what I'm saying. See, he even had that in his head back in the early '90s. So, Eric, thank you for sharing that me- those memories with me. 
thank you for allowing me to share mine with you. Um, let's move into more recent stuff. So, do we have to? I mean, look, dude. The Blazers. I'm sorry, I'm not the Blazers are not playing well, but it's it's not for a lack of trying, and that's. That's kind of and this the, too, this too shall pass, right? Yeah, this exactly. And honestly, like that's what I want you and, and everybody else to kind of latch onto is that we are not putting anybody on the court that is gonna get like meaningful minutes come next year. Well except for maybe Josh Hart. I can see Eubanks being a backup center for us, but I mean And I would say Winslow. See, I don't even know if Winslow's going to get a ton. Although, last night, in the very beginning of the game, I'd never seen this before. They really shit the bed, didn't they? But Winslow stuffed KD. Yeah, he's a big body. I thought they were going to win that game. I I really thought, I'm like, okay, this is the one. I did too. Perfect storm. I thought they were winning. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, all right, we're going to beat down the Nets. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Perfect but storm. We need, but no we need time, to lose. No. <laughs> we need yeah. to lose, though. You know, but then, but then New Orleans won, too. Yeah. I want them to lose, too. Yeah, I need them to lose, too. That's true. But unfortunately, the Blazers lose, or however you look at it, fortunately, 128-123. Yeah, Blazers win when, when they lose. But... You know, you brought up Winslow. Winslow had 15 points and five rebounds, five assists, three steals. Like he, he's one of those guys that fills up the stat line, kind of like. And if he's a guy, kind of like Harkless did. He, that's I was just about to say that. If that's the guy, like so, if he can become as good a spot up shooter, yeah, as Harkless was, he will be better than. Mo was in the system that Chauncey wants to run. Oh, of course, because right? Mo can't shoot. But I will but, still but say, Winslow can do a lot of things that Mo can't do too. Like yes, Mo can. can finish at the rim. Yes. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Winslow can just do so much more than Mo could offensively. Mm-hmm. You and know, I, he can I, put the ball in the deck a little bit. I really think Winslow is is one he of can those post up. He's one of those players that just need needed to find the right system, and I think Chauncey's system actually benefits him a lot. I just don't know how much we'll see Winslow, especially because we have Josh Hart now. Because well, when, you, when you think about the starting lineup, you're going to have Dame and Ant. You're going to have Nas. You're going to have um, Nurk. And I I fully believe they're going to figure out a way to get, uh, I don't want to say a superstar, but maybe a star or borderline star power forward next year. They're getting... They're going to get Jeremy Grant. I hope or so. Or a player like him. They're going to get a guy to start at the four. I mean, that's the kind of caliber they need to bring in. You know, even a, depending on how Toronto plays out, if Siakam becomes available again. Yeah, I know, mean, I would like, take Siakam too. That's another guy that's kind of fallen off for the Raptors, but I think he could revitalize himself here here in the Rose City. Yeah. I, I don't watch any of these games, and think that any of this translates into next year other than player development no not at all you know like i don't i don't watch i don't watch a guy score 15 and go you know like okay well maybe he can put up 15 every night next because that all gets blown straight you know to you know what the second that dame comes back and simons is back and like you said Nas is back right i I don't know if they you know i think little obviously plays a lot of minutes i'm sure i'm not sure that they don't go find two guys uh and get a small forward and a power forward 
next year and they just make him and then and then because you look at it like successfully run uh championship teams you know because there's unsuccessful ones right there's like the cleveland cavaliers those guys who just they get it done one year but mm-hmm. because guys who are James. constant right well that's true but you look at teams who year after year put together championship caliber teams you know they have a solid bench and they have one but most of the time they have two guys and sometimes even three depending on you know what team it is but a lot of those teams have at minimum one but most of them have two guys who could literally start for any team in the nba Mm -hmm. right so that's why when i look at little and i'm like okay well if they don't start here and they just bring him and Hart off the bench like there's your two guys that can start in any nba on any nba basketball team. okay i i'm you thinking know? of what you're putting down now um you know, so yes still but but i also game. but i also think it would be a disservice not to start little just from what we we saw from him this season i think that would be such a travesty and i think that he, he he's a guy that needs he to was start good. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. He was good. He would be amazing off the bench. I agree with you. He still makes too many mistakes. That's the problem. He still makes too many mistakes, and you can't – your starting lineup can't make – mistakes against other starting lineups that's the you know that's kind of the thing well, like you uh yeah but that's what i'm saying like they don't that's why teams don't start rookies you know unless they're a lebron james or a kevin durant most of those guys i mean if you're not a top five or six pick most of the time you're coming off the bench right like you're not starting I, yeah i get that i get and, that but i also little, i also feel like little has proven himself to this organization no, not until he can take care of the ball and not pick up cheap fouls. Ah, you're crazy. I think you he's gonna. I think he's gonna be. You can't better. do that. I think he's gonna be even you better next year. If your goal is to win, Tim, and you want to win, and you're you want to compete in the championship level with Damian Lillard, you cannot start Nasir Little to start the season. You got to have somebody ahead of him. He hasn't made it through a season uninjured. He makes too many mistakes and he fouls a lot. And you, you take those three things, right? You take those three things, and what happens in game one? Okay, in game one, if you if you're playing the best, whoever you're playing the defending champs, you don't want a guy who fouls a lot and turns the ball over playing the first twelve minutes of that game. Sure, you. I you know? I, I get what so, you're saying, and look, I'm not saying that you're wrong that they may bring in another small forward to start ahead of Little. It, I gotta say, it's gotta be such. An improvement over Little because Little has made a case for the starting role. Yeah. If oh, they yeah, don't bring has. in if they don't bring in On somebody it's gonna win forty to forty five wins. Look like for real, man, like if or they're games. not bringing in a, a Kawhi Leonard or a um 
Paul George or you name those those star small forwards, if they're not bringing in some kind of talent like that, I'm not for it. I think I think you gotta start Nas. Let him learn a little bit more, especially early in the season. So let's say that you have a way that you can get, uh, you can get who's who's a, a great starting three. It's not an all star. Chris Middleton. Uh, was he yeah, an all star this last year? Middleton. Uh, he was, but we'll use Middleton as an example. So you can get Chris Middleton. I would right? say yes, you start Middleton. Right, exactly. Or and the, and this is what I was going to say. I, Middleton is a good example because he's also a guy who's relatively inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can get forty from him, then you'll get him sixteen. So he's not even. So you said a major upgrade. I don't even consider him a major. Up, he's definitely an upgrade. But he's not a lot better than Little. Yeah, I mean, as far as like the bottom level that I would, <clears throat> I would entertain the idea that Little comes off the bench. I mean, that's it right there. That's the bar. If you what's get the difference between like, him playing th- twenty nine minutes as a starter or twenty nine minutes off the bench? I just and you're playing. You're I think, playing one of your guys who's really really you, good against lesser I'll t- guys. I'll tell you his energy. I think you need a guy at that spot that plays with a lot of energy, that does the dirty work, that gets you the second opportunities. That's the kind of player that the Blazers need on this roster. Yeah, you're at that position. I love you, man, but you're one of those guys. You're one of those guys that Dwight's always talking about, like overvalues. You overvalue no. Nazi. I'm not overvaluing you him. Do. I just I think that his look. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and command. 15 to 20 million dollars a year that's true you cannot replicate but what i'm telling uh, you energy but you also cannot replicate 44 percent deep shooting if you can get it no or lockdown defense if you can get it no you can't but also i would argue that little is the best defender on the team no who's you who are you gonna put up there the best deep the best defender on the trailblazers is yusuf nurkic okay but nurkic okay let me let me bring it back. The best perimeter defender on the team was Norman Powell. Yeah, but we don't have Norman Powell. We have Nasir Little. Nasir Little yeah, is we the don't have best perimeter defender on this team. When the okay, so except I, for I don't, may, may, maybe Josh Hart makes a case. I don't think did Little play after Norm got traded because if they were on the team at yes. the same time. I don't think so. I swear he did. I think Little he did. played a few games and then got the uh, the torn label. So for a few ga- so for a few games, he was the best perimeter defender on the Blazers. Dude, I, I don't know. We're, man. we're splitting I, hairs here. I like him. I don't think. I still don't think he's a starter. I don't think he was a starter when you said he was last year, and I don't think that he'll he will be moving forward. All right. I think fair enough. We'll leave it at that. Forward. I'm right. You're wrong. It's okay. Okay. Do you think I'll Ant think- and Dame are a recipe for success? I'm, I'm moving into the listener questions here. No, not really? by themselves. Okay. Okay. So what we, I know we've mentioned this before. Give me the, give me the top three things that need to happen for Ant and Dame to be a recipe for success. Uh, one of the two up top has got to become at least a C-level perimeter defender. We know that it's not going to be Lillard because he's getting a little longer in the tooth. And guess what? We're okay with that. He's done enough that you can look past his deficiencies uh, on defense. So it's going to have to be Simon. Simon's is going to have to become 
at bare minimum a C-level defender. And before people are like, oh, you can't learn to be a defender, I will point people to Kobe Bryant. And I know that that's crazy because it's Kobe and he was six foot six and yada, yada, yada. But Kobe was terrible. Kobe was a terrible defender for his first probably, I want to say three years. And uh, I, I wish that I could find the Slam magazine that I that I read it in, but I've never been able to find it online. But I swear, I swear, my kids, I read in Slam. Shout out to Slam magazine, love that magazine. Yeah, yeah. Scoop Jackson, my man, Russ. I, I talked to Russ on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but in Slam, there was an article, and Kobe said after the 2000 finals. And really, after the ninth, the 2000 conference finals, when Scotty just abused him, he went to Hakeem Olajuwon for post defense, and he also went to Gary Payton for perimeter defense. That's what you and do. then Kobe was an All NBA defender, basically for the remainder of the peak of his career. So you can do it. And if Simons wants to, he's going to have to be that guy. That's number one. The second thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to put uh, some wings on the floor at the three. And I consider the four now a wing because everybody runs and shoots. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to put guys on the floor uh, that not only complement the top two, which are going to be Dame and Simons, but can also be the top two because one of the things that has to happen is the scoring has to become balanced for Portland to be competitive and potentially as successful as they're hoping to be. Because the, the one of the biggest knocks is that you're, you've always been able to funnel the Blazers into doing what you want them to do because their weapons uh, were primarily CJ and Dane. So you took away CJ but you just put Simons in his place and you're in the exact same situation where you can funnel those guys because you know all of their offense is going to be carried by two dudes and you're going to be okay if Nurkic, if Nurkic gets 20 and 20, you probably still lose that game if you're the opponent. But if you can keep him to 15 and 8 and he's the guy who is Which is 100% gapping, doable. Right. So, you know, you, that's a rest and Dame gets 30 and Simon gets 28 and Nurkic gets 15 and mm -hmm. you still and you're the opponent. You still win the game. So what they really need is they need two guys that if Dame has got eight points and Simon's has got seven points going to the third quarter. You need someone to take quarter, over. Yeah, you need two guys uh, and it doesn't have to be both of them at the same time, but you need two guys who are capable of putting up 30 points a night. You know, I mean, Josh Hart's one of those people. And he is one of those guys. So you're you're looking that way. So mm -hmm. and it seems like it's trending in that direction because they're looking for guys who can not only uh, in the past they've always looked to pick up guys who complement Dane. Everything right. was about complimenting Dane, and right. now it's about easing the burden on Dane. Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put some new tires on Dane. We're gonna get him a tune up. We're, right. You know, that's what they're doing. They're letting him sit for the rest of the season. We're gonna freshen him up, and then we're only gonna play him 32 minutes a game. And we're not going to ask him to score thirty. We need him to score twenty-two points a night mm -hmm. and lead this team. You no. know, let and me let me mention. Number, it. Oh yeah, go ahead. Number three. Oh, number go three. ahead. I was going to mention uh, a name, a guy that's on the roster, and and see where he fits in. Brandon Williams. Uh, he's no, he's shown that he can fill it up, but then again, yeah, I, he's also not a guy that's going to play alongside Damon Ant. So I'm going to shoot a guy's name out because he's a local guy from where we're at. 
Um, and I don't remember if you know Tony Roten. Tony Roten yeah. was a Seattle guy. Of course. Tony Roten was up there with Zach Levine and all mm-hmm. of those guys. You know, he's one of those uh, Washington dudes. Shout out to Tony. Um, during the process in Philadelphia, that dude was putting up a crazy couple of years. I mean, three or I mean, I want to say three or four years where we were like, yeah, man, West Coast represent. You know, shout out to the 206 or the <laughs> 425 or wherever he's from. You know, like Tony Roan's out there scoring 15, 16 a night representing uh, the Pacific Northwest. But Philadelphia is winning six games, 11 games. Right. You know, so then you look at a guy like Brandon Williams, a 6'2 undersized guard. You can fill it up. And we were talking about this before we started recording. You know, his numbers are kind of misleading because he's shooting 43, 33, can't shoot free throws. Um, but those numbers are skewed because he shoots 44% one game, 64, 63, 23, 26, 33%, <laughs> you know, and, and Portland's not winning. So, you know, if you look at the numbers on the, on paper, it's like, okay, well, he's pretty good. But then you look at the, the, the way that those numbers are playing themselves out and you're like, okay, well, that's a little suspect. They're not winning. He's a little undersized. I think he's a great NBA basketball player. He's 22 years old. He's 190 pounds at 6'2", so he's not small. Mm-hmm. You know, he can get a little bit bigger. But I don't see a need for another undersized guard in the rotation. I'm with you. Look, I think this is one of those one of those situations where Brandon Williams is auditioning for other teams. And I think yeah. and I think he's going to he's going to find himself on a team next year. I just don't think oh, it's yeah. going to be the Blazers. Would I love him as a backup guard? Absolutely. Absolutely, because yeah. I, I think he would be great, uh, and I think he has the the potential to be a great player in this in this league. But this the simple fact of the matter is, we got too many guards still. There's there's not going to be a spot for him. Yeah, and in you the rotation. you need one, you need two guards. You know, you need two guards behind the three that you have. You have Dame, mm-hmm. you have Simons, and you have Hart. And those are the, those are going to be your three guns, right? Those are your yeah. three guns. Yep. And you need a guy, you need a, a guy who's active right to play that 12th man role like kelgen <laughs> what you, you know, need what you need if you're talking him. about guards what you need is a 3 and D guy uh guard that will come in and just keep you afloat play solid defense on the other guards well, on the team and knock down a couple of threes until dame or ant or hart can get back in the game ideally you need a guy who if somebody if one of those three gets injured you know, he slides in as the fourth best guard, you know, what I, or, sure. you know, the third best guard in that rotation, you know, right now it's yeah. Dame. I think Dame, I, to be honest, I probably put Josh Hart right now just because he plays a little better defense ahead of Simons, but not for long, you know? So yeah, right the, now the problem is you're going to pay Simons too much to bring him off yeah. the bench. It's, it's just no, not well, going to happen. Gonna be, it's going to be, it's going to be Dame, Simons, Hart. There's your three, right? So the next, so Dame goes down fourth guy comes up now it's simon's heart and whoever your fourth guy is and that's how you need it to be and the same thing with your fifth guy they ideally they never even see the court because no one gets injured everything works out perfectly and you play those three guards but Dang, alas we uh, are blazer fans right we know so, what's you know, coming the way that I... <laughs> so but brandon williams could be that guy but do you also want to he's going to sit for another three years and then yeah. not get his chance until he's 25. Like, go right. play That's, somewhere else, yeah, buddy. And, absolutely. and go do the Robert Pack thing, man. Or go do Robert go, Pack. Go do the Lou Williams thing. Yeah, exactly. I, he's good, and I'm glad, but I don't – he doesn't fit with the Blazers' future. Yeah, I, and, and I think you hit the, the nail right on the head right there, man, because 
like and, I said, that's already, what they're doing for Dunn. The, the fact is, there's no room for him, unfortunately. And it's great that we get to watch him now uh, fill it up here and there. But next season, but you he's know what's going to happen to be on the roster. Here, here's what I would think would happen. Right now, they're auditioning none, right? Yeah. None has been. He's been out of the league for a year. He wants to come back and play in the NBA for this first year back. Mm-hmm. Not this season, but next season they go. We'll give you a vet deal. You come in, play our fourth guard, play yourself back in the NBA shape. We're going to tell teams when they come inquire about you the next year. You know how is your attitude? Right. You, know, you come be a good practice practice player. We're going to help you get back in the league. Mm-hmm. And then you take a guy who is a little bit better than your fourth best guard, but you get him as your fourth best guard. The situation, you know, on both sides is understood. You're not, you know, there's no misconceptions or misgivings about what you'd be receiving and I think that's probably the most ideal thing is you go get that guy for your fourth guy um you know it kind of like the same and you know we just did that with Dennis Smith mm-hmm. yeah which is unfortunate for him too you know like I really like Smith I thought that he did a good job in Portland and he played really well and it was sad to see him get hurt, and I really do hope. I really hope that he did get hurt, and not because I wanted him to get hurt, but they didn't just <laughs> use that as some reason to wave him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, Eric, I got I got one more listener question for you before we wrap up. Uh, shout out to Jeff Naylor um, asking us these questions, but this one's kind of a doozy. He asked, "Would you trade Dame for Jalen Brown?" Are you asking me for real? He's he so just I'm gonna paraphrase because I don't have his email up in front of me, but he asked after we see that the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum experiment doesn't work this season, is it plausible? Shoot, and would you well right now. and would you trade Dame for Jalen Brown? Uh, I would not there is one guy on this planet that I would trade Damian Lillard for. Okay. He plays in Milwaukee. <laughs> he's really tall and he can dunk really well. And that's never happened. And a lot of other things. And he's won a championship ring, which is more impressive than anyone's LeBron got. But that's not important. Except <laughs> it is because he's better than LeBron. Um, uh, no, I would not trade him for Jalen Brown. I wouldn't trade Dame. Dame's impact, uh, money aside, is going to be the same as Chris Paul's. Only it's going to be the same as Chris Paul's without him ever leaving a team. You know, Dame is a – he's a winner, and he's an impact player. And he much more fits a mold of a guy who can gracefully go into the latter stages of his career and still be – worth the money a lot has been said about like the 50 million dollars but portland's not stupid for paying him that money because anybody would pay damian lillard at age 32 50 million dollars to come play for their team they would mm-hmm. go find me a gm that says dame's willing to come here for 50 and they're gonna say no they're not so you can say what you want about the 50 mil somebody's gonna pay it it might as well be poorly. I think that and, this. I think that this stems from the fact that Ant has run the team well in Dame's absence, and if you they're tra- winning, and if you trade Dame, and of course this is this is a conversation that is being had by yeah. so many people, and and it, and it relates back to what direction the Blazers want to go. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna restart with Ant 
running the the number one spot, then does it make I sense would trade, to trade Dame for somebody? You you shed that salary. You get after next year. After next year, not now. Yeah. Oh, I, you. I'm a hundred percent with you. I don't think that just like so. I recently was on the Trailcasters podcast. Shout out to Keith. Shout out to Keith and Chris over there. And Chris. Yep. Um, they we had discussed uh, sending Dame, um, but before that we had discussed: Does Cronin keep his job? Does he become the actual GM instead of interim? And this is what I have to say about that: Is you don't want to let Cronin make all of these moves and then not see where it goes. That would be one of the dumbest things that you could possibly do as an organization to have him swing for the fences on all of these and then have no, well, and then have someone new come in. Well, I'll say this. If they don't, we haven't heard very much as far as a GM search. And that's probably pretty indicative of the fact that Cronin is going to be the GM. Mm -hmm. Additionally, you know, we're moving into March, uh, draft is in june we don't have a guy who's getting his feet wet yet so not only have we not heard about candidates we haven't heard about how they're going to draft it's pretty clear to me that cronin keeps his job and if he doesn't it would be so stupid to have a guy who's your interim and you're going to let go swing for these fences and then go and draft probably two of the most important draft picks uh in In, the last 20 years of the franchise you know right up there with Brandon Roy and, and, and Aldridge, mm-hmm. you know, and Dane, you know, like th- that's where these rank, like these right. are that important. Right. So, I mean, I think that he keeps his job. I think that he's the guy. And I think that he probably already knows he's the guy and is operating that way. But one thing that I'll tell you is interim GM mm-hmm. probably does not get paid as much as an official general manager. Right. Someone with some and- experience. So therefore you're, you're saving money there. Yeah, and I think that's what she's doing. She's gonna she's gonna pay Jody Allen is gonna pay Cronin X amount of dollars, even though he's the de facto GM and is gonna be the the official GM, but they're gonna squeeze that lower salary as long as they can before they pay him and move him up. Sure. And that and that everything makes sense. everything's been cost savings. Right, absolutely. I mean you look at all the moves, it's been cost savings and it's been well, you know adding adding funds to use later and you know yep. i i just i think cronin has done a great job i don't trade dame but, for jalen brown i don't trade dame this season or this i don't season. trade i wouldn't trade simons for jalen brown no i don't think i would either i mean i look we say this and not to take away from jalen brown because i think he is a great player and i think he would be a good player on any team but it's just not something that you don't trade Dame for someone like that. Even if you're trying to rebuild, like that's that's not the archetype you want on the team. Well, yeah, and that's Dame. right. You're, because then you're trading win now for win now, and you're win, that's not what you want. You, yeah. If and when that happens, and I'm hoping it never does. Like I, I think I talked to you the other day. Like I want the same, or maybe it was somebody else, but I want the same haul that the Seahawks got for Russell Wilson. Right. You either trade Dame for as many picks as you can get and young players as you can get, or you trade him for another superstar like Giannis. Seattle got two potential impact players that are not fully developed in there yet, which is great. Mm -hmm. They got two first round picks. They got two second round picks. Like, 
yeah, Seattle won that trade. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, they won that trade, and that's what you want to. And they set themselves up. They got guys who can contribute and figure out. You know, they're not in a position where the pressure to win immediately is there. They're going to be able to kind of fill their way out. They're going to be able to fill out the roster with top level talent. Mm-hmm. And then you're in a much better position. You trade Dame for Jalen Brown, and what you do is you just say, okay, like we're just swapping these players and hoping for a better, uh, a better result using this, you know, very similar pieces. And that would be foolish. So I don't think if we're talking about impact player for impact player, like I said, there's only one guy that I'm trading Dame for. His name rhymes with weak, which he is absolutely not. <laughs> that, that was a stretch. <laughs> but it was good. It was the good. Weak, I appreciate the, it. The, the Greek weak freak. Nope. Nah, that doesn't work. He used man. to be. He used to be. His legs when he was drafted. <laughs> well, Eric, Eric, I want to I wanna say thank you for joining me on this early morning edition of the Busted Bucket Podcast. Who knows when you're going to listen to this. But we are recording in the morning, so thank you for joining me once again. Big shout out to my co-host. And the Bay Area Blazer, wherever you are, Rosa Panta, we'll see you next time. Shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network, DraftKings, and especially you, our listeners, Twitter followers, and Bucket Busters. You make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic. Keep reaching out to us on Twitter, at BustedBucket, with your comments and questions, because we love building community with you all. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Be good to each other, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.